friends. Welcome to 1,000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark. Thanks so much for following along with me these last several weeks as we've been meeting the writers for my new book-slash-album project, Only the Lover Sings. One of the things that I've really loved about working with these writers has been seeing how each one of them brings out new treasures with regard to what God has been teaching me. There's no way for one person to see everything there is to see. But when we get in a group of friends who are all listening to and all looking at the same Lord, it's so great to compare notes. In other words, to bring what you're learning and then be surprised and encouraged by something God is working on in your friend's heart that you hadn't expected or seen. So, when I got Heidi White's essay responding to one of my favorite songs on Only the Lover Sings called Trying to Get My Heart Back, um, the Lord surprised me with a story that I had not known. He gave me the words of a friend who very literally magnified the Lord's sweetness or glory to me by what she wrote. I didn't know that in the Orthodox tradition, the Samaritan woman's story goes on to tell of her subsequent witness and martyrdom. And so I'm so excited to introduce you to this week's featured essayist, Heidi White, because she'll be telling us a little bit more about the woman at the well, a.k.a. St. Fotini. And Fotini, think of photons. Fotini means the one on whom light has shone, or the enlightened one. And the light is Jesus' face. give you a little bit of a trigger warning. I am going to talk a little bit about trauma and abuse in this episode briefly, uh, just to let you know. The song Heidi chose to respond to is called Trying to Get My Heart Back, and it's a very personal one for me. Now, last week, our song was about how each of us has to face the fact that we've done a lot of damage to ourselves. Uh, We're facing the fact of how our own disordered loves and defense mechanisms have become false gods and they've led us into death traps. But this week, we're looking at something different. We're looking at the reality of victimization, abuse, and trauma. So if last week's song was about how we're our own worst enemies, this week's song is about how it's also true that we have real enemies. We have trespassed, but we have also been deeply, traumatically trespassed against. The thing about trauma is that it steals you from yourself. Your own heart is violently stolen away. And so when you go looking for that long-lost friend, your own heart, you look in the trash cans. Because that's the logical place to go looking if your heart was treated like garbage. 
The woman at the well, like each of us, like myself, has definitely made her own share of bad decisions, I'm sure. But she's also been treated like trash. And if that goes on long enough, we find that the trauma begins to take possession of our hearts. And if that happens, when the time comes to give your heart away again, to trust, to love again, to be vulnerable, we find, without much surprise, that we have no heart to give. Here's roughly how it works. When we experience this level of pain as others hurt us, we, number one, we hide our hearts. It's simply too painful to feel what's actually happening to us. So we go numb. We shut down our hearts in order to survive. Number two, we walk on eggshells. Our hearts are owned or possessed by the hurt, and so they can't have a life of their own. All of the heart's resources are expended in simply trying not to wake the sleeping dragon. We're anticipating in minute detail the feelings and desires of our trespasser in order to survive. Number three, fear replaces the heart. Life becomes about blocking punches. Good feeling? Good desire? That becomes a luxury that you cannot afford. The heart fades even further away, and in its place, terror takes up residence. Number four, hurt becomes the new normal. The heart gets buried in the garbage pile once hurt becomes par for the course. Hurting people hurt people, they say. And here's a point of compassion, actually. Compassion even for those who cause hurt for others. Because we begin to feel like our trespassers must feel. They immerse us in their misery until, like thorns, it chokes out our own hopeful hearts. And so they've passed down what was passed down to them. Now, abuse is never excused. But it does take immense trauma to train up an abuser. And God never gloats. He longs to heal everyone. So I've painted a bleak picture, I know. For those of us who've had our hearts stolen from us and tossed in the dumpster, there's good news. Actually, for everyone involved, Jesus breaks into that vicious cycle, but in a surprising way. He slips into that darkness gently, like moonlight through our midnight window, illuminating that nightmare with a gentle, cooling flow of soft light. A light that slips between the cracks of terror and trauma and calls us to hope again. Now, here's the thing. I've been learning something about hope lately, and it's this. That for the deeply hurt, hope itself is more painful than the pain we've gotten used to from our trauma. It's actually less painful to resign ourselves to despair. Because hope asks us to trust where trust has been murdered 
to be vulnerable in the very place where vulnerability was so ravaged, to expect and desire good, where our most tender desires were stomped on, to go back to that place and reclaim our hearts is simultaneously what we deeply desire and what may literally send a tsunami of visceral anxiety through every muscle, tendon, and bone in our body. When Jesus offers us our hearts back in hope, we may, and I'm not being metaphorical, we may become physically sick from terror. But look at the meeting of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Did you notice that he sends the disciples away before she gets there? For a woman likely to have endured abuse, that's a deliberate move to create a safe space for her. Did you notice that he begins the conversation by admitting his own weariness, his own need? Did you notice that rather than reprimand her for having six men, he honors her for being honest? Jesus takes great care in his approach because this woman like us has had her heart abused and discarded many times. He introduces hope early in the conversation by saying that he has water to offer her, but he doesn't press too hard. In many ways, he lets her lead the conversation, humbly submitting to her. And by the end of this encounter, something is different. She's met a man who has refused to trespass against her, and she's sensing that she can trust him. Trying to Get My Heart Back is an important song to me because it's something very close to my own lost heart. Jesus knows that we've been hurt, and he has also been hurt. Hebrews says that because of the things that he has suffered, he is just the right kind of Savior for people like us. Hebrews 2, 10-14 The Samaritan woman may have sensed that kinship of grief with Jesus. I sometimes wonder if her words, He told me everything I ever did, carry a sense along the lines of, He really knows what it's like to be me. Maybe. The truth is, we've all been hurt, and we've all done our share of hurting others. But Jesus, with a precision of gentleness, a phrase from Heidi's essay that I absolutely love, interrupts the passing down of despair and hurt. And with great care, he leads us into the traumatized territory of our own trashed hearts. And he offers us our lost hearts so that we might offer them back to Him, learning again to have faith, meaning to trust somebody, to have hope, and to love in the very place that those three things have become impossible for us. The gentle light of Jesus' face lifts us out of one system of identification, the dumpster, and into a new one, the betrothal scene of a bride. Silver moon, thin enough to squeeze.
past the black dogs Climbing to my bedroom Right upon the dark walls Something like a love song It is beating on my windows So I'm thinking I should hold on So like I said, it's been such a grace to be given the voices of friends as they've written these essays for Only the Lover Sings. And I love Heidi's essay. But let me introduce you to Heidi real quick. Heidi White, M.A., is a teacher, an editor, a podcaster, and an author. She teaches humanities at St. Hild School in Colorado Springs. She is the managing editor of Forma Journal and a contributing author, blogger, and speaker at the Searcy Institute. She is contributing author to 30 Poems to Memorize Before It's Too Late, published by the Searcy Institute. She's a weekly contributor on fiction, poetry, and Shakespeare on the Close Reads Podcast Network. She serves on the board of directors of the Anselm Society, as well as sitting on the Academic Advisory Board for the Classical Learning Test. She writes fiction, poetry, and essays, and she speaks about literature, education, and the Christian imagination. She lives in Black Forest, Colorado with her husband and children. I know Heidi mainly through the Anselm Society in Colorado Springs and through the Cultivating Project. She writes for Cultivating and often speaks at Anselm conferences and retreats. She is such a wonderful human being. She is kind and generous, and she is very passionate about helping form the gospel in people's hearts, Um, that vision of great beauty. And she does that in so many super cool ways. I won't be able to cover all the bases, but rest assured, she is delightfully and diligently bringing the light of Jesus' face to bear in this world. And so I am very, very thankful that she was willing to be a part of this project. So without further ado, here is Heidi White reading from the book Only the Lover Sings, an excerpt from her essay entitled Embracing a New Name, St. Fotini. Church tradition tells us that the name of the Samaritan woman at the well was Fotini, but that wasn't always her name. Fotini was her Christian name, bestowed upon her in the sacrament of baptism. Upon rising from the symbolic waters of death, the newly baptized Samaritan woman received a new name to correspond with her new identity in Christ. This was not an isolated incident. In fact, nearly all of the convert saints of the early church are known to us by their baptismal names. This renaming is far more than empty tradition. It is a manifestation of the transformative nature of conversion. Like the woman at the well, we receive new identities upon entrance into the communion of the saints. But how do our spiritual identities correspond to our earthly lives? This is a particularly apt question for those of us who, like Fotini, bring wounds from the past into our Christian lives. This is also the mystery that haunts Matthew Clark's song, Trying to Get My Heart Back. The woman at the well was no stranger to sin and suffering. Jesus told her, You are right when you say that you have no husband. 
You have had five husbands, and the man you are living with right now is not your husband. This is a hard story. We know nothing about the circumstances that brought this terrible brokenness to pass. Was Fotini promiscuous, deceived, abandoned, widowed? Whatever the specifics, she experienced profound suffering, and yet she was restored through her encounter with Jesus. Fotini means enlightened one, which reminds us that past darkness is no hindrance to holiness, but is rather a backdrop for the grace of God to shine. Perhaps this is why Jesus reminded the woman at the well of the tragedies of her life in the same moment in which he illuminated her with transforming grace. In naming the darkness of her story, Jesus invited her into a life with a new name, Fotini, Enlightened One. Once a child of darkness, she became one of the children of light. The song describes the same transition from darkness to light. Out of the darkness, a sliver of light presents itself, thin enough to squeeze in. Sometimes we need this, a light that does not dazzle or overwhelm, but slips in unobtrusively through the cracks, a savior who does not swoop in triumphantly with a conquering army but converses kindly over a cool drink of water on a hot afternoon. Jesus does not overpower our souls. He heals them. And to the narrator of the song, this precision of gentleness feels something like a love song. So it is that we arrive at the crux of the matter, which is love. But love will not invade. It must be invited. Fotini's story teaches us that the greatest tragedy is not to have had five husbands and a lover. Such brokenness is frankly par for the course in the unfolding drama of human existence, but to resist love. Divine love is gentle, but also enduring. If the question is, what do we do about our broken hearts? The answer is always and only to open our hearts to love. Thank you so much, Heidi. Uh, you can order a copy of Only the Lover Sings on Amazon today, and you can read the rest of Heidi's beautiful essay, where, you're, where you will learn more about St. Fotini, and I, I know you'll be helped to see more of what's possible because of Jesus' love for us. Uh, now, just to close us out, I'd like to read the lyrics to the song Heidi chose to write to from the album. Again, it's called Trying to Get My Heart Back. Uh, two quick notes on the text. A cedar break is a forest of cedar trees. It's dark and kind of tangled, but cedars are also um, beautifully fragrant. And then the second note is that black dogs, uh, you'll hear that lyric, black dogs are often a metaphor for being hounded by depression or debilitating sorrow. So having said that, here is trying to get my heart back. I went down into the cedar break, down to where the earthquake shook up all the old ways I used to use to navigate. I went looking for a sign of life somewhere past the edge of night, 
digging through the trash cans. I was trying to find a long lost friend. I was trying to get my heart back. Because you can't give away something you do not have. I was trying to get my heart back. Now I woke up to the silver moon, thin enough to squeeze through, sneak in past the black dogs, and climb into my bedroom. And write upon the dark walls something like a love song. It is beating on my windows, so I'm thinking I should hold on. I'm trying to get my heart back. Because you can't give away something you do not have. I'm trying to get my heart back. Okay, friends, thanks so much for being here today. I know this is kind of a heavy episode, but I hope you hear the good news amidst the hurt that Jesus gets it. He knows where we are. He understands from personal experience what it's like to be crushed and thrown in the dumpster, and He is tenderly working to restore us, to remember us to our own hearts and to His heart. So... Hold on, friends, and keep fighting for hope. It's a very brave thing to do. Um, that is all for this week. Please grab a copy of Only the Lover Sings. Listen to the songs on your favorite streaming platform and go find Heidi White online. Check out all the good stuff she's putting into the world. And also, if you've read the book, would you please leave a review on Amazon and share it, recommend it to a friend? That would be awesome. Thanks so much, y'all. I will see you next time on 1,000 Words.